At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode from Public Access America. It's June 20th, 2021, and we are just waiting for Jeffrey and maybe the surprise guest. Never know how it goes. I do want to let you know that... Public Access America is on Red Circle. So if you're looking to post your podcast for free and earn incentives while growing your audience, Red Circle is a good option for you. We're also streaming on YouTube at Public Access America Podcast on YouTube. Go ahead and utilize the chat feature and join in and let us know what you're thinking. Um, Let us know about your opinions. Let us know what topics we should cover. Are we way off base with what we're talking about or not? And now we are going to be joined. I can't know. Oh, it's Jeffrey. Good. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think, feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believe them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. Here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 157 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. May God bless America. All right. There he is, Jeffrey. Now he's got a timestamp there. Fucking five minutes early. What's up with that? How you doing? What's up? Not, not much. Just hanging out, chilling, doing some house cleaning, waiting for Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah, I it's five minutes that. early. What's up with that? Oh, you know, just had everything running. Things didn't have to update. All that other fun stuff. I love that. My life has been a series of updates for about a week. That yeah, that's that sounds about accurate for me too. Yeah. Yeah. So how's things in Washington? What's going on? Ooh, it's it is warm outside. It is sunny. Hopefully uh won't be experiencing any fires anytime soon, but um I know back home in Montana there's a fire outside of Red Lodge that is just massive. The pictures have been incredible. Really? Oh yeah. Man, climate change is hitting the Midwest. Not since the uh I don't know. you know what i mean you know we've had we've had two problems really when it comes to uh the forest fires out in montana is number one we had a lot of uh pine beetle kill and so for those who don't know pine beetle is it's a beetle the the grubs bury into the bark and they kill the tree and so you end up having these you know dead trees all over the place Mm. and 
as they finally get really crispy, they get that lovely shade of, you know, if you like put a set of lights on them, it'll go up in flames, crispy. And Montana also has a very weird and unique set of forestry laws. And unfortunately with all of that kill, it's like you can't even go in and harvest that wood to potentially like reduce the fuel that a fire could have. So unfortunately you get lightning strikes, you know, during, you know, spring storm season, summer storm season, and then it's, you know, fires are off to the races. And so it's, it's been a frustration for a lot of Montanans for a while where it's like, you know, we're the kind of people who understand that, you know, the beauty of, you know, forested mountains, but we're also the kind of people that understand the dangers of a bunch of dead fuel sitting on a mountaintop and what that's going to look like. Right. Especially when there's Jewish lasers up in the sky, just ready to take it out in a moment's notice. You know, you know it, pew, 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 pew. I, mean, I mean, lightning, I mean, lightning, Jewish lasers. What oh, am I talking hell. You flick a, you flick a spent <laughs> cigarette button before you know it, it's a 25,000 acre fire. Right. I don't know. And forest floors isn't going to fix that. So why can't they go in and just harvest that wood then? A lot of regulations have been put in place. Um, you've got federal regulations. You've got um, a bunch of environmentalists that have gotten involved. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and what most people don't realize is like forests have a natural burning cycle. You know, um, it's usually about every 125 to 150 years. Yeah, well, most of that's well past that point and that right now. Right. And so, you know, Montana's got a couple of, you know, there's a, there are some unique things about the way that our forests are, you know, are. So Montana's home to the Ponderosa pine, which um, needs fire in order to release the seeds. Really? Yep. That's so cool. But here's the problem. You get too much fuel and the fire has a lot to burn fire has a lot to burn it gets too hot it gets too hot it kills the seeds so so unfortunately it's you know while there's there's this element of yes you know we definitely need to you know have some fires in order to make sure that the species proliferates Hmm. you also have this other issue of there's too much fuel yeah it's like it's like it's like having your it's like having your idiot uncle stack up a bunch of sticks and then dump five gallons of gas on it. And let's say, watch this. Right. Get drunk and smoke by the pile. And a lot of it has to do with uh, forestry and Mm -hmm. urban development. And I don't know if that is in Montana as much as it is everywhere else, but Mm -hmm. if you start encroaching on lands that have these natural cycles, then yeah, you're going to get caught in them, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just it is, is that you've got, You've got animals that are coming out of these dead zones that it's, you know, there's just, there's nothing doing there because, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, what safety, what food there was is, you know, drying up or in a lot of cases getting burnt up. Right. And so and people feed these animals. I don't want to be a jerk about it, but stop oh, feeding wildlife. Stop making them dependent on, you know, it's funny. Cause I was telling people, I was saying, I was like, don't donate to politicians anymore. You're just feeding the bear. And that was no, like, seriously, you know, no, seriously. Like, and that's what some people don't understand about wildlife is, is that, you know, when you people think it's like, Oh, well, it's like feeding my dog. Yeah. Except mm-hmm. your dog is a one ton, you know, freaking bear. And it doesn't have the wherewithal to be like, Oh yeah, no, I'm totally going to be nice to this thing that's feeding me. Right. Or it's not going to be there tomorrow. When you finally decide to give up on feeding this one ton fucking beast, it's still going to want its food. And it doesn't understand that you've reached your limit and it should move on, you know? And right. you, I mean, I watched these guys do this with ducks and geese feeding them every day and that the ducks would die if the guy didn't feed them because they were just domesticated that way. Yeah. They, you know, they essentially become farm, farm grade ducks, in which yeah. case it's like, you know, I, people don't understand wildlife at all and it's it's really funny that we constantly have to tell people hey this is a wild animal don't try and touch it right and it doesn't help that people are starting to domesticate like foxes and wolves and raccoons and these animals <laughs> that just 
now suddenly people are like, oh, that's adorable. And so they go out into the wild and they think they can just catch one of these things and keep it. And that's not, that's not how it works. You know, I like my mom had a friend who had a pet skunk once upon a time. And, you know, I, there was a kid in my school that had a raccoon for a while um, because it was abandoned as a baby. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people don't realize that just because it's a baby and then you raise it, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be, you know, semi-feral, mostly feral. It was born to be semi-feral, like monkeys, people get monkeys. And then they reach that age of, um, you know, where they want to just procreate and you can't do anything with that monkey. You know what I mean? You just Mm -hmm. have to um, give it up. And it's so sad that people are doing this. It's, it's well, and especially like, you know, watching every, I mean, every year it never fails. Somebody in Montana, somebody goes to Yellowstone and they decide to, you know, pet the bison and then the bison just completely fucking launches them. And it's like, you know, at some point it's like, fuck it. Darwin award. It is for you, I guess. It's like as, as, as much as park rangers can't do it, I'd love to have them just like have a stack of Darwin award medals and just award the recipients on the way out of the park. Animals have a defense mechanism. That's why they're still alive. You know what I mean? So, and, and like, you know, and it's, it's, it's so funny because you have this weird human nature of, we want to touch everybody else's baby because it's cute, but mom mm-hmm. of the baby is like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you touching my kid? Right. And then we, and then we're like, oh, well, you know, this large wild animal that could easily toss me 20 feet into the air, it totally is going to let me touch its baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Mm, no, no. It, it, nah, nah, nope. But there is farmers, there's people that are accustomed to animals, they know how to respect this stuff. I'm not saying that like animal sanctuaries and, you know, these people shouldn't be doing what they're doing. I'm just saying Mm -hmm. your average apartment dwelling citizen doesn't, you shouldn't be having or raising or training wild animals that way. I don't, and putting them on Instagram to make it think, make everybody think it's normal. I just think you need to respect nature a little more than that. Well, and, and and then you have on this other side of things, like, you know, there's one particular uh, animal enclosure outside of Bozeman, Montana, where it's, you know, grizzly bears. They advertise that you can watch and you can go feed the bears. I mean, you can't get in the cage with them. But these are these are animals that are incapable of being rehabilitated and put back into nature. Right. And so, you know, you get, you get the, you get one group of people who gets really pissed off and it's like, let the animals go. I'm like, you realize they're going to fucking die the moment that they're back out in the wild. Right. That right. they're either going to starve to death or they're injured enough to the point where they're not going to make it. Like, like there's a certain, like people's, people's ability to understand like at what point an animal is either done for or done being in the environment that you've left them in. And oftentimes humans are the cause of the reason why they can't go back into their environment. You know, you've got bears that literally, you know, they'll drop them off 10 miles out of town, 15 miles out of town, and they will come back to the same place that they've been being fed. Yeah. Because, and, and they will come back gaunt and they don't know how to eat out in the wild anymore. Exactly. And so it's, it's, it's really frustrating because, you know, it, it, your only option at that point is you have to, you have to either a find a place where you can put them a zoo or whatever, because your otherwise your other option is B you're going to have to call them. And mm. that, that is really shitty when you realize it's that some person is the reason why this animal is no longer able to function in the wild. Right. So mm. it's, it's, having grown up in it it's really frustrating because you get you get these you get people that have these weird and wild responses to it like you've got to free the animal okay it's gonna die yeah like do you understand that part do you really understand that that animal is no longer capable of living in the wild it's going to die yeah it's just we we're all we're all stuck on this black or white scenario and we no Mm -hmm. longer see the nuances in the world you know that it's okay for some but not okay for others even though we're all equal you know right and 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 you know this isn't you know this isn't like you know sea world say where they were like trying to put in a fucking dolphin aquarium or something out in phoenix arizona it's like 
Dolphins in Phoenix, Arizona. What the fuck are you on? Right? That's been over uh, 100,000 years since the Dolphin was in Phoenix, Arizona. At least. At so, least. So, so some of that, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. What, what fucking brain dead slant skull figured this out and thought it was a good yeah. idea. You know, unlike, you know, Bozeman, Montana, there's plenty of grizzly bears in the hills. It's just that, you know, these ones happen to live in an enclosure because they're not capable of being put back out into the hills. Yeah. You know, places where, you know, they're capturing animals to, you know, put on a show is, Eh, it's a little skeezy to me. I don't like that idea that, you know, you have to capture wild animals in order to put on a show for people. It, 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 it's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because I never grew up in the circus era, you know, where people watched, you know, lions and tigers and bears do tricks on circus balls and with ring handlers and occasionally watch the handler get mauled, you know, the, the normal. The circus was always a sideshow weird thing to be at, you know? I've been to a couple of them, and I just was, it was just so weird. The light shows and everything were amazing, but then it was all to distract from what they were doing to the animals. <laughs> right, you know, and and that's that's one of those things, like, you know, growing up as a conservationist, it's like, yeah, I you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I love going out, and I love getting a big deer. But at the same time, it's like, if the population ain't there, I ain't going hunting. That's just, you know, what am I going to hunt later if I go do it now? That's just, that's just the answer that you, you have to have. It's just the, you know, being a reasonable hunter, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things where the, the nuances of it anymore are lost upon most people. And Mm -hmm. for one reason or another, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's people out there that are like, oh, well, you know, it shouldn't be a problem. I've seen plenty of deer you so you think you think you've mm-hmm. seen plenty of deer and then you have and then you have the we have too many deer well that's because nature is bouncing back and it's because there's no natural predators out there now and all of these animals have you know white tail developed this disease called blue tongue basically their tongue swells up and it suffocates them yay yep. and if you don't if you don't keep the population under control blue tongue runs rampant right because you can't vaccinate random deer in the wilderness no no unfortunately you can't we don't have that we don't have that level of being able to tag and track animals i know that there are other countries out there where it's like you know they have a very you know well then that goes into like that whole enclosed hunting thing like like they do in some places like texas is one where basically they raise they raise deer and all these other things and if, you know, these deer can't escape these enclosures. And then you literally yeah. just like go corner the animal bang and ugh, yuck. Yeah. Mm-mm. I heard you could blow up a cow with a bazooka in uh, Nevada. I was excited about that option though. I'll tell you, but more for the bazooka than the poor cow. I personally would rather eat the cow and then shoot the bazooka, but you know, I, I'm blind. I'll miss the cow. And get to <laughs> <laughs> miss the cow, yeah. blow yourself up. Then the I snake walks away. <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in an area where there's actually snakes in, in the yard, like rattlers and mini rattlers. And I don't even know, you know, but they're constantly telling me, you know, and I'm happy. I have my white cane now. Cause I can just like in front of me, I can snake check. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man, dude, you know, even working out in the field where, you know, being able to see constantly had something out in front of me so I could snake check in some places. Right. There was one time I was, when I was working for the USDA, we, we were in Wyoming and, you know, we're not allowed to have guns in the truck, you know, when I was working, because I worked for the feds, you're not allowed to do Mm. that. And we worked in some places where, I mean... It's not like it's not like I needed a gun in order to deal with the local wildlife. It's just that there were a couple of scenarios where one would have been pretty nice to deal with, but for the most yeah, part, yeah. it's like anything else. You just have to understand most animals have a defense mechanism and most of them want to get the fuck away from you. So Exactly, yeah. There was one time, uh, there was one time I mean to tell you like I so a couple of good ones is um we were out traipsing around and the water level had been coming up in this dry lake bed. So naturally, you know, all of these places where, you know, some of the animals had made their homes are now flooded. So they're moving up. 
Well, <clears throat> that means that there's going to be more snakes where I'm walking. Hooray! That sounds like not so much fun. Well, I get out there and we're traipsing around, and I, you know, I have a pretty good set of boots that are, you know, great for great for walking around, real thick. Oh. I step down and I hear and i mean you know that rattle sound the moment that and i'm i just look and i'm literally standing on a rattlesnake's head and i'm like oh, oh. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> trying to like it was the head right yeah so i mean i'm like do 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 and i mean i like just like bolt myself away real quick and the snake fucks off with itself right. there's another time where a buddy of mine like you know we always used to say uh you know you walk in a, you walk in a line of three first one startles it the second one pisses it off the third one gets bit <laughs> so we took turns being third and uh buddy of mine like first one startled it second one pissed it off the third one all of a sudden you hear and I turn and look around. My buddy is literally jumping up in the air, and there's this rattlesnake like jumping at his balls. Oh, like man. straight. Oh man, it was just absolutely wild. And that snake was huge. But the one that was like the freaking worst. We we're so no guns in the truck working for the USDA, and uh, Wyoming Fish and Game comes up on us. They're like, "Hey, you guys happen to have like a snake charm or anything on you while you're out working?" It's like, no fed we can't it's not allowed he goes oh that's too bad because you're probably gonna want one like why would you say that he goes come take a look at this he drops the tailgate of his truck i shit you not there's a seven and a half foot rattlesnake with a head the size of my fucking palm and i'm like jesus christ thing was huge you gotta respect that though right yeah you know and here's what most people don't realize it's like that big motherfucker he'd probably bite you and nothing would ever happen because you know rattlesnakes have the ability to control their venom glands when they're older so a lot of the times like if you get bit by a rattlesnake and it's an older rattlesnake like you'll get a dry bite like it'll sting like a son of a bitch which happened to me but it, you don't have to deal with it. It's the it's the young ones that you have to worry about because they don't have that control over their poison over their venom glands, and that's how most people end up getting you know getting screwed up. Is they're like, oh, it's a little guy. It isn't gonna matter. That thing's got no control, hardly any control over its venom glands, and if you get bitten, it's gonna suck. Wow. So it's like you almost would rather be bitten by the big guy. <laughs> I know nothing about snakes. I just know to stay away from them. I know my dad is absolutely fucking terrified of them, as I found yeah. out. Um, I had no idea that he was afraid of snakes. Oh, and we were, nope. I was like 15 years old, and you know, there was this, uh, you know, we were working on this job site doing a basement, and there was a, you know, somebody had been piling up their grass clippings in one particular spot, and there's a bunch of holes in it, and that means Ooh. garter snakes have been making their home in it. Well, I managed to snag a garter snake, it's a decent size one, like, you know, 18 inches, two feet long. I got it by the head. It's, it's nothing. Right. And so I'm showing my, I'm showing the guys, and they're like, ha, oh, that's really cool. I mean, it was really colorful snake i show my dad and, and he like literally screams as high as he can and faints <laughs> that's how i found out my dad was absolutely terrified of snakes and then a few things from my past started to make more sense why like my dad wanted to like basically use a bazooka on a on a snake and it was a bull snake you know which bull snakes are great to have around because they eat mice yes i love that so it was really it was really funny to find that out, but yeah, you know, mm. it's nature's nature's a weird one, man. And, and if you don't grow up around it, you just never learn that, you know, most of this stuff just wants to be left alone. Right. And you don't fuck with the babies. Just don't do it. <laughs> it's bad for your health. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I live, I lived um, surrounded by factories but we had a garden and I would watch out the back window is like the skunk would like go to the garden and keep the possums away. But then the possums would come away. They'd get closer because of the raccoons. And then you'd see the cats out there going, Ooh, you know, and it was just this little wilderness. Like I even had a deer in my backyard for a while. It would just come in in the mornings and eat and then leave. So mm -hmm. it was just so weird for an urban setting, but not once that I go out there and say, okay, well, I did. I, I tried trapping a raccoon, but I got a possum. I got a skunk, 
you know, oh no! Time. <laughs> I, I just threw a, a sheet over it and <laughs> let it spray away, and then we took it somewhere else. You know, right? No, um, one of the oh god, one of the crazier stories. So, growing up in rural Montana, one of the things that you know our power can be pretty robust, but you know it takes it takes some events to knock knock the power down. Well, so one time. We're sitting, my mom and I are sitting there trying to bake something. I forget what, I think it's for some sort of school function. And we're like running behind as it is. And we're trying to get this done. And the power keeps, turns on, turns off, turns on, turns off. And then finally it cuts out. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? And so I, you know, just go to check the meter. And my mom looks up and she goes, oh no. Like what? And she's like, Oh fuck, I hope your sister doesn't come outside. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I think her cat is on the transformer getting electrocuted. And I'm like, what? And I look wow. up and I'm like, wait, that's not a cat. That's a raccoon. And there was a, a raccoon had like tried to get into this transformer canister and was getting electrocuted. And I was like, oh shit. So we had to call the power company and have them come out to come deal with it. So mm-hmm. This thing would like every once in a while you'd see it like move and then just like drop. And it's like, oh God, this thing's fucking toast. It's going to smell something fucking awful. (laughs) So the power company comes out, you know, luckily, you know, they mobilize pretty quickly to get somebody Mm -hmm. out and, and take care of us. And they're like, oof, this is going to be bad. So they get up in the bucket and they, they, they get the, they get that transformer unhooked and then they, they take the animal and they, they they like they like start to get it but they lose the grip on it and it just mm-hmm. falls like 25 feet 30 feet down and i mean that thing hit the ground and bounced mm. and hit the ground again and i was just like oh god this is gonna be nasty all of a sudden that thing popped right up and took off and i was like wow what? <laughs> wow it's like how i don't I even know raccoons are resourceful like that you know what i mean what was really funny though is that after it bounced and took off all of a sudden my sister's cat went running after it and then the dog went running after the cat and the raccoon and i was like (laughs) what is happening yeah that's perfect it's so it's such an analogy for politics i love it oh god So something really cool is happening and I, it was in the news and I thought we could talk about it. Ooh. It was they're passing bills to um, get rid of the Defense Authorization Acts of 1991 and 2002 yep. and putting the war issuing abilities in the hands of Congress. And I, I love this. And the fact that a president is going to sign it to reduce executive powers, I think is so exciting. What did you think about that? I think so there's two fundamental problems with it in that what's happening is great. Like let's, let's not delude that. Like those things need to be off the books period. Yeah, they do. But that still doesn't stop the president from being able to send forces, minor forces when he wants to. Good. Um, And so that's one of those things where uh, I have a real problem with it because that's it's what we have used to get involved in Vietnam. It's what we've used to get involved in Iraq. It's what we've used to get involved with Libya. It's what we've used to get involved with Syria and all of these little things, you know, it's like, Oh, well, we're going to send some people here. We're going to send some people there. You know, it was, it's, it's a relic of the cold war that honestly that needs to go away too. You know, the reality is, is, is that we have to be, we have to be better about, you know, if we're going to go into any sort of fight that it has to be some type of a coalition. And, Mm. and we also have to be realistic about the fact that if, if it means a fight, Syria was an absolute shit show. Yeah. You know, at one point, we had the ability to work with the Russians to negotiate Assad's mm-hmm. removal, but because we couldn't just remove the entire regime, we said, fuck it and said, no. Right. 
now if you look at what happened in and and russia i mean i hate to give credit where credit's due but russia saw what we did with iraq you know we removed the head and the party and it has been a shit show we did the same in afghanistan and now afghanistan is playing out exactly like vietnam did where it's like all right bye and as we leave all you know the taliban's taking back over these areas yep which is what we were trying to avoid because of the way they treat uh, because of their human rights abuses not just not just the human rights abuses unfortunately that's like number four on the list of what it's, the Taliban do? Yeah. The, the Taliban are more notorious for um, allowing financing uh, drug and terrorism stuff is what is, is what the official line is. Okay. Um, but well, Afghanistan is known for its poppies. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's poppy field. But so that's why we were there mainly. And that's how um, bin Laden made most of his money. Yep. So it's... That's it. That's not going to get resolved very nicely. And, you know, it was another one of those things where we could have taken a ton of lessons from the Russians and how not to or do, deal with Afghanistan, but we didn't. So there's that. Well, they were, they were, they, they were in that region before we got into, they were failures in the Middle East before we took over the fight in the Middle East. And then yep. we were failures in the Middle East till Russia came back and said, okay, time for us to fail. When are we just going to leave them alone and just, it was a, it was a subject on Adam has a beard. I was on the other day and Mm -hmm. he was like, when are we going to stop trying to influence the world? And when are they going to start influencing us? And I explained to him, it's not that we're influencing. It's the means in which we use to influence. Mm -hmm. We, we could use um, delegations and diplomacy or we can use a rifle and we switched somewhere and went with the rifle when we got enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success these defense authorization acts in to where we could just go and use the rifle instead of diplomacy. But I think, and just like the world thinks we need diplomats in there to be a cool head. We Mm -hmm. need, need these people to be at the table, you know, and they were here monitoring our 2020 elections, like the international uh, community was here. And so it's not that we're influencing it's that why, why are we using guns so that we so Halliburton can get a paycheck so that we can get mining rights so that we can dump trillions of dollars into this slush fund called um, war. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's just it is, is that, you know, we've, like I said, our, our ability to have the president use minor troops is a relic of the cold war yep. because we needed to be able to fight the communist threat. And we used that so liberally <laughs> yeah. because you know we were we were afraid of the russians putting nukes in places that could reach us 
and mm-hmm. and, it, and it's a relic because we didn't know what the Russians had for technology and how they could hit us. We knew right. about their strategic bombers. We did not know about their r- rocket program as well as as much as we could have or should have. Mm-hmm. And we were far behind the Russians in rocket technology. And so like these these fights that we've suddenly put ourselves into like the bay of pigs invasion and mm-hmm. and all these other little places uh putting missiles in turkey for example these were things that you know we we did this out of a quote unquote necessity to fight the communist threat and then when the soviet union fell those those things didn't fall with them right so, you know, Iraq one is, I would say, probably the last real fight that we had where we actually had a coalition mm-hmm. and a group of people, uh, a group of people deciding that something had to be done and it had to be done the right way. Right. And after that uh, has been us pretty much deciding to do whatever the fuck we want. And sometimes people go along for the ride and sometimes they don't. And that's been a mess. Exactly. I tried to explain was a mess. Afghanistan is a mess. Libya was a mess. Syria was a mess. The fight against ISIS was a mess. Like Mm -hmm. it's just been a fucking disaster. One right after the other. It's a search for an enemy so that we can spend the money on it. You know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. and unfortunately, that's pretty much how I've come to see it is, is that, you know, it's not like, it's not like our troops have the best technology right now. I mean, we spend a lot of money on defense contractors, but you know, the, the, the issues that the troops have are still the same, you know, mm-hmm. uh, under, under equipment, you know, understaffed, uh, you know, not enough equipment, not enough good equipment, not proper equipment. We're, I mean, I wouldn't say that we would be stretched too thin in terms of supply lines, but you would think that if you're going to send your people off into a fight, you would want to make sure that they're as best prepared with, I wouldn't say the newest equipment, but at least the right equipment for the job. Right. You know, when you look at the whole like up armored Humvees, that was a fight for a long time. Like the 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 vehicles that they had weren't armored enough to deal with IEDs, right? <clears throat> so, oh. it's one of those things where it's like uh, those those issues still exist. They're not as loudly spoken as they were, but it's it's harder to have your troops be appropriately supplied and have the appropriate equipment if you're just constantly sending them out and spending a ton of money and not actually doing the upgrades and the work that you need to do. And using troops is so 1940s, you know what I mean? Like we have the ability to get behind, uh, like you said, an Xbox controller Mm -hmm. and, and send a drone anywhere in the world to do anything we want. We could, we could guided missile a country away. So Mm -hmm. we don't really, and we, we have the ability to bring troops anywhere within eight hours, Mm -hmm. anywhere on the globe in eight hours. So I don't understand why we need to station those forces there. I think we need intelligence. I, you know, CIA, I think we need these, I think we need to know what's going on, but we don't need forces there telling people what to do. So this is, so this is another, this is another issue. And, and this is unfortunately, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, this is also one where, you know, Trump got it a little bit right. Is, is that the the amount of troops that we have stationed in other countries on our dime is 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 it's extraordinary. It's yeah. why other yeah, countries yeah, yeah. have not invested or have invested their money strategically in their military. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you know, it's one of those things like. It's another relic of the Cold War. No army was as prepared to deal with the Soviets as we were because the British had just gotten the hell beat out of them. The French had gotten the hell beat out of them. We didn't trust the Germans. (laughs) And all of those would would fit in our Western territory. (laughs) Right. You know technologically speaking nobody was on 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 par to deal with the russians like we were the the soviets 
and and so you have this giant scare about you know when the soviets invade and you know for a long time that was actually a real issue it is right now they're invading right now i mean the the russians are definitely doing things that they shouldn't be doing and that is an issue but now the question is is do we send troops to deal with that do we really want to go that way is that that's the that's what i'm taking away you said people didn't spend their fair share like at nato and that was a big topic Mm -hmm. but the thing is is we kind of forced our police on them we oh we did absolutely so why would i pay for that like you're giving it to me just get out and let me defend myself you know train me but that's the funny part is is that every time that we're like all right i guess you know it's time for us to leave they're like no 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 how could you abandon us and it's like okay which is it you either want us here you don't take your pick right but we're so we're paying to be there it's like we took the vacation we're we we're in germany we have 1200 troops in germany because we decided they were there you know and i think it's a good idea i think that we should show force in a nato style fashion what i was telling adam was a state law protects you in your state a federal law trumps a state law there's the g7 which puts policies and agendas for the democratic um countries and then there's nato which is this overall broad spectrum of what rules and norms policies and laws red lines and all of that stuff for the way the country should treat each other and so i think from a nato standpoint we should we should support nato and we should offer Mm -hmm. policies but we shouldn't go in there alone anymore and say well ukraine is our problem alone we're the biggest we're the biggest oldest brother maybe you know in that way and we're we're the biggest brother absolutely but it's it's one of those things where it's like you you also have this really fun issue of the fact that a lot of those countries that you've listed Mm -hmm. are highly dependent on russian natural gas yes and so yeah, and gas that's the that's russia's economy right there is germany's there, yeah. pipeline so so the idea that the idea that this is going to be as simple as you know we should just go in there and and give the russians hell it's not going to happen because I, that's my point i think we should go into nato nato and say hey this is our plan and have NATO go, oh, okay, I like this, but not this, and this and not this. Okay, let's come up with a plan as a coalition, like you said, and attack this from a, an international you're only Your only you plan to deal with this, at, you know, in order to ensure that your allies aren't going to, like, freeze in the fucking winter. I mean, is uh-huh. either A, heat up the climate so that way there's never a winter again, or B... <laughs> you have to you have to find ways to create energy independence for all these countries so that way if russia decides to be you know fucking coy about whatever it is that they're going to do with georgia or ukraine Mm -hmm. or whatever that it's like okay you know sure this isn't going to be ideal but we're not going to be going broke or going cold over this yeah so Unfortunately, it's just that that web is so delicate right now that you can't, as much as we would like to tell the Russians to shove it, it's not going to happen. We we have the right to say it. They don't have the right to do it. I mean, they don't have the obligation to do it. I mean, they're still a country. They still need to import, export, and run their mm-hmm. economy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and so this is where it's, you know, this is where you either have to a find new natural gas fields that can you know work to supply uh, Europe and let Russia you know have you know freeze themselves out. Right. Or, you know, you either have to put up with a certain amount of bullshit. And unfortunately, like when it comes to the Eastern Bloc, most of NATO is still like, eh. I mean, yeah. is, is, is Crimea really that big of a deal? Yes. I mean, the answer is yes. But when the answer is, is it, is it a big deal because Russia annexed something by force or is it a big deal? Because if I, open my mouth too much i'm gonna go cold for the winter mm, good point so um this is as much as i would love as much as i would love for a giant middle finger to be raised it's not gonna happen yeah no i get it i mean we've deemed russia evil 
right? They're evil because they do evil things. But um, I like everything else. I, I the Russian government is a problem. The Russian yeah. citizens themselves are like, why the fuck are we doing this? Well, they don't even know what they're doing it. That's the thing. That's, because you know, their TV, they, their TV leads them down a different road. Victorious wars. We're defeating democracy wherever it is because it's attacking us and they don't know they don't know about solar winds they don't know about these the pipeline hacks you know what i mean and the same can be said for us and mm-hmm. what our government is doing to probably russia you know right the the answer is you know the answer of it's like oh well we need to tell them off because we're the good guys and they're the bad guys it's like yeah, that's kind of relative because it's not like we haven't done some real shady shit by going into Af- Iraq and Afghanistan and fucking with Libya. Yeah, it isn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like we got much room to fucking talk. It's like, yeah. like we're, we we talk a very big game, and until you know people can either realize or recognize that you know the way that this is going is not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. it's not going to help russia it's not going to help ukraine it's not going to help us it's not going to help europe you know our involvement funny enough has often led to worse outcomes than we could have ever imagined it's like Every i'm watching time. i'm watching the the whole election that's happening in peru where you have this socialist teacher that looks to win mm-hmm. the election and i'm just going all oh, right and the cia is going to start working three two <laughs> because you know it's it's like that episode of Family Guy where you know Stewie's trying to draw something and some dude's yelling, "It's a jackal, jackal! It's a jackal, jackal, jackal! It's a jackal! It's a jackal!" It's like it wasn't right the first fucking five times you said it. Right. The same thing. It wasn't right the first fucking five times we've gone in and toppled a government. What the hell makes you think that this time is going to go any better? We really stopped leading by example, you know. Yes. And we started just telling people what they should think about us and. They have their own opinions about us, and that's the problem, is that when Russia talks to its citizens, it says, yeah, we jailed protesters, but we don't use fire hoses like you did on your black people. And so they're I mean, always saying that we're worse than them at certain things and that they're, they're, their way is best, you know? You know, and and that's the funny thing is is that we, we have we, – we sit down and we criticize Russia on their LGBTQ rights – and their crackdowns on the LGBTQ community. But over here, it ain't exactly, you know, it's a little bit better. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, the government's not going to come and fucking kill you for being gay. Right. Don't know if, you know, the government's going to have your back if it happens, though. And, right. you know, it's like, what was it? I mean, you think about it. We've had the discussion of, well, was it really a hate crime? When somebody is literally murdering people, screaming all sorts of different epithets. Was it really a hate crime? Do we really want to try to? Well, is this going to like make my political base feel uncomfortable with? It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. we have no room to talk about what Russia is doing when we're doing this kind of shit at home. Exactly. Should I um, offer a lawyer to Kyle Rudolph? You know, is he in a bad situation here? Or Kyle Wittenhouse or whatever his name was? Rittenhouse, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't don't know. So LGBT rights, right? The Supreme Court just um, said that Catholic Charities did not have to um, uh, foster... They did not have to consider. Yep, they did not have to consider same-sex couples, and it was a seven to two. Right. Hmm. So that that you know, I yeah yeah. I I I mean, I grew up Catholic. I feel that they're wrong to exclude same-sex couples. Mm -hmm. I mean. I think that if you've got children that need homes and you want children to grow up in loving families, that you need to consider all options. Agreed. Because I don't know how, you know, it's, it's I, I, I strongly disagree with them, but at the same time, like what the Supreme Court decided on is, is that it's very much a, a separation of church and state. And so like, mm-hmm. since this is a church that's doing this, it's yep. you know you can't you can't uh, insert government influence on it and i think i i, I think that's 
It doesn't receive funding from the government. The government right. has nothing to say. And it's not like the Catholic charities were like in 2017. Oh, we're, we're no longer in favor of um, same-sex couples. It's been their belief since the beginning of time that same-sex couples are an yep. abomination or whatever. I don't know what yep. they call it. Uh, sinful it's, against it's God. Like, it's not like it's like like you said a bear is going to be a bear the catholics are going to be catholics and yeah the, the catholic i will say the catholic church is going to be the catholic church and even mm-hmm. amongst catholics like like this whole you know stance on joe biden joe biden's uh, stance on abortion mm-hmm. that had catholics split about you know in a third you know going you know we don't really need to be calling this out because you know we're a varied group of people and you know varied understandings it's you know so even amongst even the catholic church there's still a heavy split it's just that that heavy split is towards the traditionalists Mm -hmm. and so yeah they're not going to be happy about you know uh, a catholic president advocating for abortion rights they're not going to be happy about a catholic president arguing that you know same-sex couples should be able to adopt children Mm -hmm. and that's unfortunate because I, just, I, I know I a lot of Catholics who do support that stuff because, you know, in the end, exactly. you know, they understand that, you know, judge not lest ye be judged, you know. I just stay out of my stay out of my life. And I think that's what he's advocating for is personal, personal rights. I don't think he's saying I think Joe Biden is saying I don't like abortion, but I also don't like infringing on your right to live your life. And that's, and I think that's one of the, one of the things that most people don't understand is I, I, I can't, I, I don't have any insight into Joe Biden's mind about what he right. actually thinks about gay marriage, what he actually thinks about abortion rights, what he actually thinks about, you know, uh, the adoption of, of children by gay parents. Like I, I can't, we, we don't have that level of insight. And here's right. the thing. How would the public react if he said, yeah, no, I don't actually support those things. But I'm advocating that they should be within your rights to do. The public wouldn't wouldn't be able to put those two thoughts together. They haven't, because I heard him say exactly that. I heard him say that, exactly that. I don't... Personally, I don't, I don't agree with abortion, but I also don't, don't agree with infringing on your rights. So, and that's, and so that's just it is, is that, you know, the, the public can't comprehend that. It's like, they either see it as abortion, good or abortion, bad gay marriage, good or gay marriage, bad, right. Gay parents, gay, gay people adopting kids, good gay people adopting kids, bad. When the reality is, is, is that, you know, it's like even as someone who's you know not necessarily a fan of abortion it's still a it's still a right that people should have and it's and and that's the other thing too is is that you know i i can't i can't put myself into that moment to say how i would decide i know how i feel right now but i it's still one of those things where i i say not my body not my choice not my fight i'm sorry i'm happy to support somebody that's fighting the fight and i believe in rights completely no matter what those rights are being infringed on uh, it, my my opinion of abortion doesn't matter i wish we never had the use for it like i wish right we, i wish our country was different and we saw sexual responsibility different but i'm all in favor of rights right i'm not saying that but you have to also in that frame say well then the catholic church has its rights right and you you can't necessarily force them to do something that they find immoral but on the other hand they can feel that the catholic church can feel that way as long as they're not infringing on other people's rights to feel the way they're feeling right and that's and that's the tough part is is that everybody feels like they belong in somebody else's business and Mm -hmm. you know that's that's one of the heaviest criticisms that i've had it's like okay you don't think abortion should be a thing okay so how do you want to deal with a kid that's either going to grow up in in this really negative environment mm-hmm. and the their answer is is you know you know everybody should be born okay well what's going to happen after they're born I'm like fuck not my problem not my problem no. it's like okay so then why is why is anything before that your problem either yeah i just find it amazing that pe- when when you're like what's your opinion people have no no ability to say yeah i don't know 
I have no opinion. Not my fight, but I'm happy to learn, you know? Yeah, and, and that's just it is, is that, you know, like when you talk about, you know, all of the different issues regarding, you know, people of color and indigenous rights, mm-hmm. it's like, man, you know, like wading into that for me is really uncomfortable because what what in the fuck am I going to say that's, you know, going to be, you know, like, oh, yeah, no, he's totally got this down and he totally knows what's happening. Right. Uh, no, it's 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 tough because, you know, obviously I am I am, you know, for everybody being able to have their rights and, mm-hmm. you know, equal rights doesn't mean less rights for somebody else. <laughs> That's right. And you can't give somebody rights. You can only take them away. Exactly. George, Car- George Carlin on the Sim- Simpsons said something so wise, simplify. And I always think about it. Like these, these fights, they can get into such tangents, but the truth mm-hmm. is, is if you look at it through a human rights perspective, it's a yes or no. Do you want to take away the rights of an indigenous person? No. You know, do you want Your answer to- should be no. Yeah, right. Do you want them to live a life of happiness? Yes. Prosperity? If they can. Anybody? Yes. And so that's the lens you have to look at. I mean, abortion? Oh, is it immoral? Is it not immoral? It's a right. <laughs> look, we can we can talk about we can talk about it all day long. I can we can talk about the science of you know what 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 cellular life looks like and yeah. try to, you know advocate for whether or not something is life or not whether or not something is viable or not we can sit down and we can go down all of these rabbit holes but in the end it's you know what what are you doing that is going to ensure that you know everybody's rights are going to be uh, you know Mm -hmm. allowed you know and 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 arguably the funniest fucking stuff out of all of this is that the same group of people saying banning something doesn't work are the same group of people that will appro- that will propose banning something else because that that'll sense. work right it's like people want to ban guns but then you know think you know you know they they don't want to ban abortion but then they think banning guns is going to solve the whole violence problem mm-hmm. or you've got people who are going to ban gun you know it's it's all over the place or or like no 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 we can't we can't ban we the the banning of drugs hasn't worked but if we ban x y and z it's like if if you know if you ever want to really find out what a ban looks like here you go. Here's your research project. Look up prohibition Mm -hmm. and tell me how well that worked out. Yeah. Because here's the thing. A ban is only a ban. If you actually fully stop everything, you know that people could get prescribed liquor during prohibition. Sure. Prescribed liquor. Yep. Not to mention the black market shit that was going on. And a, and a year from now, you're going to be like a hundred years from now that you're going to be like, people were actually prescribed marijuana. Right. <laughs> yeah. You could, you know, or, or the fact that, you know, uh, what was it? The U S government had a program where they would, they tried to do marijuana. And so for, Oh God, I want to say that the, I'm, I'm, I don't know if the last person who was prescribed or who was getting go- well, governmental weed, uh, is still getting it or not, but literally they were, they were, the government was sending people weed. It was mm-hmm. part of a program to understand it. And and that's the funny part of it is, is that it's okay. It's banned. Oh, but it's not banned in this scenario. And it's not banned in that scenario. And it's not banned. And it's not banned. And it's not banned. And it's <sighs> so what, who's it banned for? Who is there's it banned for? There's something called a stamp and you can grow you can grow if you get the stamp, the tax stamp. You can grow it, do anything you want with it. It's just the government decided to never issue that tax stamp out again. Mm-hmm. So they didn't make it illegal. They just decided that they weren't going to issue the legalization of it. Mm-hmm. And that was hundreds of years ago. And honestly, it's because the people that started the newspapers were like, we just invested very heavily in forest. And we don't want hemp taking over the market. We didn't plan for that. So please make it illegal so our forests can get a head start. But now, you know, papers, newspapers are dead. <laughs> right. And the play and the price of wood is through the roof. So, yeah. you know, hemp could be useful in, 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 uh, you know, making sure that some of those wood products could be purposed for other things. Exactly. So we need to look at the, we 
banning stuff doesn't help. I think just, I think it's kind of telling a kid that you can't do something. And it's kind of like banning water in a full pool. You're not going to get rid of it. You're not going to get rid of all the guns. You're not going to get rid of all the, the marijuana users. You're not going to get rid of all the gay. Not, you know, so you can't, right. you can't just make laws to keep it in check. You can't hold water in your hands and assume that you're going to be able to keep it there. It's going to leak out and you just got to get used to that. So instead of trying to restrict things like we're all children, maybe you should just let us live lives as adults and maybe die of a heroin overdose if we want. You know, or, or, or understand that, you know, the, what you're doing is creating a a black market for whatever Mm -hmm. it is that you're doing. And then everybody will immediately jump to, oh, so does that mean we should make murder legal? We ha- we almost have by calling a violent, a hate crime, a hate crime. All murder is a hate crime in some way or f- form, right? And, and in just... all honesty, we have made murder legal. It's called the death penalty. Yes, exactly. It is legal. Just- justifiable homicide, um, manslaughter, all these things that you can just I mean, get parole or supervision you think about for. It, that, 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 that that maybe we should make murder legal has actually expanded because mm-hmm. it, it's the death penalty. It's allowing cops to be able to shoot people and kill them whenever they feel like their life is under threat. Sure. It's, 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 it's the weird way that some of these stand your ground laws are written. We've made murder legal. Yeah. I mean, a pharmaceutical company can kill millions of people and have no responsibility for that, you know? So, so the idea that, you know, the idea that we haven't made murder legal in some respect is, 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 is garbage. Right. I will say this, you know, when it comes to like the death penalty, the, the stance that tends to piss everybody off, it's, it's not that I oppose the death penalty because I don't believe some people deserve to die for, for heinous crimes. It's that the amount of time and money it takes to get them to the executioner's chair or Mm. to the needle or whatever have you costs so much money that is that person's life really worth all of that money to try and just take them out. Or you you could study them. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I like it's the, not worth it. It's it, and, this, on, and the other part is, is that they get it wrong so many times, so yeah. many times people that end up on death row were innocent people that, yeah. that in and of itself should also be a huge problem for people. Look, you mm. know, it's with, with the advent of technology, some of this stuff is getting more and more sure. Absolutely. Yep. But there's yep. a lot of stuff out there. that's, that's still like either completely biased or completely bullshit. Right. Hey, Jeffrey. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Public Access America's Sunday podcast. We're going to come back in a minute with uh, our Thursday episode. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright tonight, we prove once more. Stream time, YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Radio, Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. 
making history in the making. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.